Welcome, I'm Nicole Burdett with Meritalk. Over the last year, the cyber landscape has changed drastically. We had the rapid shift to telework in 2020, and we have the very significant spike in cyber breaches across all industries. As we know, the federal government is working hard to remedy vulnerability gaps and equip agencies with the skills and the tools to better protect networks from bad actors. But to make real progress, we would argue that the public and the private sector must join forces and focus on the human side of cybersecurity, the people, alongside and together with the technology and the policy. For Meritalking's first installment of the Human Side of Cyber Series Atanium, I'm grateful to be joined by Tedra Burgess, Senior Vice President, Public Sector Atanium. In this episode, we'll explore why it's important for cyber response teams to have diverse perspectives and experiences, how to overcome diversity recruitment and retainment challenges, and advice for leaders who are looking to build diverse cyber teams. Tedra, welcome. Can you kick us off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure, absolutely. Thanks so much, Nicole. Very excited to join you today. So as you said, I'm the leader of our public sector team here at Tanium. Goodness, I've been in the industry 22 years, um, had the, the opportunity to work for some very large companies in the software space. Um, I've been dedicated to public sector for almost 15 years now in particular. And I'm really excited about being a part of this team here at Tanium. My role, me coming on board is the start of the public sector entity here at Tanium. So previously, our SLED business was managed and led out of our America's team. So as a result of my role, bringing those two sides of the business together, so SLED and Fed together to form a public sector practice here at Tanium. Well, today's cyber adversaries, as we know, are targeting people and they're using very effective tactics like phishing. With hybrid work and remote work continuing for both federal and state and local organizations, and with a growing number of endpoint devices out there to protect as a result, how does having a diverse cyber team help an organization's threat response and help defend against cyber criminals and their tactics? It's a great question, Nicole, and I, I think the answer is layered, right? Increasingly, our society has come to accept that absolutely no organization is immune to the threats that we see across the cyber landscape. The massive and sudden shift to remote work changed the landscape in a really big way. We saw the idea of perimeter security evaporate. And now with the continuation of remote work and the increase in hybrid work, I think it's really clear that the endpoint is the new perimeter. Strong cybersecurity and cyber hygiene, even more so now with remote and again, you know, kind of work from anywhere and, and hybrid work, really does mean starting at the endpoint. But you can't control what you can't see. So visibility does need to be combined with an ability to maintain control of the enterprise. And our people are a critical component to how we defend against cyber criminals as we see the cyber threat landscape continuing to evolve. I think it stands to reason that our teams must evolve as well. We have to remain agile in our thinking and our approach to cyber threats. And we also have to acknowledge that diversity comes in many forms, including race, gender, sexual orientation, age, physical ability, this idea of neurodiversity, culture, technical backgrounds, religious beliefs, et cetera, like the list goes on. The inclusion of those diverse populations in cyber defense and threat response allows for diversity of thought and approach. It allows us to reduce the group think that we can sometimes see. 
allowing for the differences in the way that people assess, critical think, and problem solve to positively impact business outcomes. Our teams are stronger when we can leverage the collective power of our similarities, but also our differences to diversify and strengthen our cybersecurity posture. Problem solving, again, strategic planning and innovation, I think all benefit from diversity and inclusion. And what are some of the challenges that public sector leaders or or any leaders face when they're trying to recruit and retain a diverse team, including considering that Generation Z is entering the workforce as we know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the the number one challenge by far is determining how to best source diverse candidates. You know, where where do you find them? How to help them find you? Understanding how to connect with Gen Z, I think, is key. Acknowledging Gen Z is, is probably step one in that. But, you know, one of the best ways to go about doing this is to step outside of the box of our existing networks to attract Gen Z. Companies really have to be focused and and emphasize their corporate social responsibility. Those are the things that the Generation Z is looking for. Gen Z is the most ethnically and racially diverse generation in history. One in four is Hispanic, 14% are African-American, 6% are Asian. And according to studies led by the Pew Research Center, their views on gender and identity are unprecedented and untraditional compared to generations before them. So organizations today really have to meet Gen Z where they are by acknowledging the things that are important to them. I think that Tanium in particular is leading from the front in this regard and modeling that being intentional about our recruiting strategies, having an amazing culture, and being an active member of our communities and supporting the work from anywhere model from the inside out All of this is evidenced by the awards and accolades that Tanium has earned multiple recognition in Fortune for best places to work and things of that nature. And switching gears just slightly, um, but very much related. So our research shows that employees at all level of organizations are targeted with social engineering tactics. Given that there are increasingly sophisticated and prevalent tactics, what are some of the steps that leaders should have in place? So cyber hygiene, I think, again, is key in this regard, as well as including a focus not only on infrastructure and tools, but very much so on people. Continued cybersecurity awareness and training to keep our teams enabled and empowered to protect the enterprise. Look, cybersecurity is a national priority and an opportunity to improve our overall security posture. And I think that all starts with a commitment to stronger cyber hygiene beginning with the endpoint and leveraging a platform strategy that enables real-time and enterprise-wide visibility and control with speed and scale. Also having an effective zero trust strategy and implementation that also focuses on the endpoint. To start to move the needle in cybersecurity, there has to be a collective effort from government, from private industry, as well as from the broader public. Every day we're seeing that this touches us all We have to have a layered defense strategy that includes training, policy, effective tools. The executive order from President Biden that came out earlier this year is case in point of, you know, the efforts towards moving towards that policy. The stakes are high. And so the potential, what we are working towards collectively to to build a more secure nation, I think, 
leveraging those highly effective and cost-efficient cybersecurity strategies is, is of the utmost importance. And in line with our theme today, so we're, we're toggling back and forth a little bit between tools and policy topics and, and people. Peering, veering back to the people side, for organizations that are looking or struggling to expand or maybe to build upon their cyber team diversity, what are some of the best practices or the strategies that, that they can adopt? So I'll tell you, Nicole, I believe that diversity is the outcome of inclusion. When we focus first on being inclusive from the inside out, we set the stage for building a more diverse workforce as a whole. So when we change the way we recruit and are intentional about seeking out diverse candidates, I think we will see cyber teams evolve and become more representative of the communities and of the customers that we serve. You know, focusing on growing existing diverse talent inside the organization first is also another way, you know, that, that we can go about this from a best practice standpoint, you know, nurturing and promoting diversity and inclusion within the company first, within the organization, within the agency, you know, celebrating individuality as a contributing factor to diversity. You know, I invite leaders to get to know your teams, you know, understand what drives them, what their talents are what their cultural contributions are that they can make to your organization and, and highlight and celebrate that uniqueness. Some of the other things that we can do are to partner right, with minority institutions, associations, colleges and universities, rather than passively waiting for diverse candidates to find us, we can, can and should actively seek them out, attending events, partnering again um, with educational institutions and, and going into the communities that we all live in. Great points on the importance of, of proactivity there. Absolutely. So to close us out today, if you could give one piece of advice to organizational leaders who are looking to build cyber team diversity specifically, what would you say? I would say diversity fuels innovation. And the key to building more resilient teams, my one piece of advice to leaders is to be intentional. That means having a plan, have a strategy that defines the importance of diversity and inclusion inside of your organization, defines the benefits, outlines your retention, your acquisition strategy, which includes a recruitment plan, you know, how you're going to go about sourcing and, and filling that pipeline with diverse candidates, investing in the teams you have today and their employee experience, including work-life balance. You know, as our customer base continues to evolve, the bad actors and threats to our security evolve, so should our lines of defense, including our people, our processes, and the solutions that we deploy. Fundamentally, I really believe that we have an inherent responsibility to do all that we can to protect the present, but also very much so to secure the future. I think Tanium does that in a really big way with speed and at scale. Tedra, thank you again. We appreciate your perspectives and we look forward to having you back again very soon. To everyone listening, thank you. And please take a moment to subscribe to Merit Talking and stay tuned for future episodes from the human side of cyber series with Tanium. Have a great day.